Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's one thing to lose your weight, and it's a whole other when it comes to maintaining. And of course, that's our topic of discussion every Wednesday for our Way in Wednesday conversation. Uh, joining me today, as always, is Odette, who's the manager of our maintenance group, Kim, the manager of our weight loss group. And special guest today, hailing from BC, Deborah Mills is joining us. Hi, Deborah. Hello. Hello. So, Deborah, down 62 pounds, uh, maintaining your weight at about seven pounds from your lowest low uh working maintaining weight loss while working through insecurities after being a cereal dieter oh i love that you know i love that <laughs> yes <laughs> lots of insecurities that um i'm starting to i think put a dent in did, did you find that you were dealing with more insecurities while losing weight or now actually that you're done and you're working on maintaining your weight uh i actually more now I didn't feel any insecurities when I was actually dieting um, or, you know, going through the losing part of the program. Yeah. You're 62 pounds. You did two groups to lose the weight. You did a third to solidify. Are you a type? Are you one of those people who just followed the program, did the thing? And then now you're the aftermath is dealing with all the mental stuff. Totally. I am that person that you talked about. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like in the first program, I did everything. It didn't matter what it was. I just did it because I didn't trust that it was going to work at all. And wow. then all of a sudden I thought, well, I'm doing it. I just need to go for it. And I did. And wow, it worked amazing. Yeah. Nice work. Nice work. Okay, Odette, let's get into it. What are our topics today? Um, well, insecurities after weight loss definitely was on the list. So we touched on that. We'll circle back to that one at the end. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I really, I really want to talk about the um, three-day no-way challenge that we have going on right now. Yeah. Um, we talked about it briefly last week, and we just said, let's go for it. Let's do it this week. Let's jump in. Let's have our members jump in and do this. And I'm living for the comments right now. There are people that are you know, approaching it with a bit of humor, like, oh, okay, I can do this. But is it nervous humor? Is it mixed emotions? So I think that, um, you know, you said something earlier, I don't know if it was in the live or in the tweet this week. And you said, aren't we just all trying to figure it out? And yeah. I said, this is exactly what maintenance is. We're all just trying to figure it out. And, you know, we use the scale to try and help us figure it out. We use intentions to try and figure it out. But if we're not using the scale and really and really thinking about what that number is is doing to us in terms of like mindfulness and our mindset, are we really figuring it out? So I think tucking it away for a couple of days yeah. is really going to catapult us into, you know, leaning into figuring it out without the number telling us what we should think. 
Yeah, that's a big one because I think people see it as accountability, but more so, oh, if my weight goes up, then I have to do something about that when it's just so normal for your weight to fluctuate naturally for so many reasons. And like you, Deborah, like you're sitting seven pounds above your lowest low, like that's so normal because you're not trying to see your lowest low every day. And then that's just kind of, you know, nor do you want that. So maybe it comes down to why are you using the scale and maintenance? It's a great tool while you're trying to lose. I like it in maintenance because now you're figuring out what maintenance looks like and feels like to you. But I don't know about using it for accountability or using it. Like what I don't know what else people are using it for, but maybe that's, I don't know. You tell me, Deborah, are you still getting on the scale these days? Uh, yes, except for these three days. Um, <laughs> I really, um, <laughs> I really find that it helps me figure out or it's helped me to understand that like I will lose if I gain something I'll lose something it's not a big deal and it's made me a lot calmer about my weight mm -hmm. because I haven't really gained that much since um since I sort of hit the seven pounds above yeah you're kind of maintaining in that mid-range that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, and again, your set point is like your body gets used to a certain weight and that's sort of more of a 10 pound range rather than it is like sitting at your lowest low, just, you know, if you're having carbohydrates, just natural fluctuations and whatnot. So just for people listening, you might've missed last week that this was a big topic of conversation with getting on the scale every day and how people are using it. Is it causing them to stress out? Is it causing, is it actually helpful? So Odette in the group decided to do this three day challenge. And even if maybe you were just listening, it's, I think it's a great, I think it's a great opportunity to reflect on what the scale means, how you've been using it, learning to trust yourself while you're not getting on it. I don't know. I'm really interested to see how people feel. Yeah. And I think it's been what, what's interesting too, is we're talking about, um, you know, Deborah sitting seven pounds, you know, above her lowest low. And when we were chatting, Deborah, you said she actually feels better here. Mm -hmm. And if she looked at the scale and was trying to get to that lowest low and the scale is telling her you're where you should be, you're at your lowest low. And she's not honoring, but I don't feel my best at this. I feel yeah. my best a little bit up from that. You know, I think that was really amazing that she, you know, really um, tapped into her own intuition and she knew, you know, that scale being at the lowest low is not necessarily where I want to be. I want to be just here. I feel better. I look better. And this is where I want to be. And I also love that Deborah said, like, she's using it to, to see her patterns. I go up, I go down. Like, it's really, it's, it's data yeah. collection, you know, if you want to put a term to it, you know, and I, yeah. I hope that everybody can, can take that away that it's, you know, it's really a tool to help you collect and learn, you know, but not tell you where, where you feel your best. It is good, good data collection, but I would challenge people with this challenge to be like, then what kind of information are you collecting if you're not now mm -hmm. using the scale? That's the yeah. opportunity there, right? Like going by how you feel, how you look, how your clothes fit, like, even just recognizing you feel really insecure or don't trust the process if you're not using a scale that shows you that you have some issues that you need to work on you know well, and I, I think so many of us for all we've known up until this point is that that goal weight that number on the scale is maintenance maintaining your weight means maintaining that number i mean other programs are mm. you have to hit that number continuously in order to be considered at your goal or finish your weight loss journey. So I think it takes a lot more than just a few months of solidifying your weight to really solidify that mindset that that number doesn't really mean anything. That's just 
the goal I set for myself to get here. And now that I'm here, I can kind of feel around with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that comes back to that. Your, it should be a goal feeling, not a goal weight. And once you hit that feeling where you feel confident and comfortable, wherever that's you, Deborah, at seven pounds above, it's the feeling that you should be using as a measure, not the actual scale or how good you feel and your energy and how well you're sleeping every day. It's like that, that almost should be the maintenance goal should be this feeling when I feel like I want to feel like this all the time, rather than I want to be at this number all the time, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was, it's been almost a year since I was at my lowest low. Wow. So I'm really happy. And I think that I am still learning. I still have a ways to go to get my filing, get to my finally and forever. Um, and, uh, but I know I'll get there. I'm, I'm confident now. I'm never, I'm not worried about that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even that it's like a finally and forever mindset, mm-hmm. not a goal weight, not a weight. Right? Yeah. So I was going to ask, what does that, what does that mean? Finally and forever to you, Deborah? Like what, yeah. what is that? You say you're not there yet, but what do you think that's going to feel like or look like when you get there? I think that I won't still have these random thoughts um, about my weight anymore. That's what I anticipate it to be that I'll just, you know, do eat whatever, do whatever, but based on what I'm wanting at the time, that sort of thing, because I'm still, I'm not really doing that yet. I feel, I feel good. I'm happy with the weight that I'm at um, or the feeling that I have, but um, I'm, there's still some things that are um, still causing me to think about it too much or more than I want to. Yeah. That, chatter in your brain is still there. Yeah. 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 But I, I haven't was- stopped the nagging about, you know, different foods though. <laughs> I haven't done that for months now. So that was, that's been really wonderful for me. Good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's something, you know, we talk about how once people reach their goal in the weight loss group and before they move into maintenance, there's that time where your body is adjusting to your new frame and solidifying around that new kind of frame that you have in your new body. And it seems to me just even based on what you said that there's like that solidifying, not just solidifying your mindset, but it's not staying there. It's not like a static thing. It's your, your mind is playing around with where it's comfortable. Where am I comfortable with that testing the water? Where am I comfortable with, you know, sort of getting away from the scale and where your comfort zones are. And I think maybe as you go through maintenance, to me, it sounds like for you, that's getting a little bit bigger. You're getting more and more comfortable. That comfort zone is getting bigger and bigger all the time as you work through your maintenance journey. I think you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> yeah, I just like. I, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Deborah. No, I was just, I was just going to say that just totally encapsulated lots of what I've been thinking. That I'm com- more comfortable now. Yeah, mm-hmm. confident, comfortable. Like maintenance is a feeling and a mindset. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a number. And it's like, oh, I feel like there's something to this. Like, I don't know. I wish there was a way like how to get there 101. Like, yeah. do you know, something that is like maintenance is this, this is the focus now. And I think, I think a lot's going to come out of this, this three day challenge and really 
helping people understand where they're at and what finally and forever means to them. Yeah, I'm really excited to at the end of it. And I know we were talking and I'm like, I'm not sure how we're going to how we're going to get everybody to share at the end. How do they feel? How do we get everyone yeah. to tell us how they feel? So we really want to put that together because I do I do want to see you know what comes out of this. What what did it stir up? You know, what I mean, yeah. that will only help other members too that who maybe didn't have the confidence to try it this time. You know, what made it what came out of this to our members? What did they get out of it? What did they learn? And how, you know, how can people um, have the confidence to do it, you know, next time we run this? Because we'll run it again. <laughs> yeah. Deborah, let me ask, like, so you're a serial dieter, right? Obviously, you've, yes. you've been successful before. Like, what what would you say the difference is this time? Oh, goodness. I, you know, A, I wasn't restricted in what I eat, ate. So I chose to follow all of the um, the suggestions, like every single one of them. Uh, and uh, so I think that that, but I knew that I could eat whatever I wanted. And mm -hmm. so I think that made a huge difference for me, as well as the support and, you know, um, the positive attitude of the group all the time. Um, even when people were having troubles and struggled, uh, there was always someone to offer them hope. And, you know, I think that people that are needing to lose a lot of weight uh, really need hope. And, um, and so you guys gave me that. And that was, that's just um, the best thing. Yeah. And what about now? Where are you getting the confidence from that you've been able to, you're going to be able to maintain? Is it just the time that's going by or is it like, what, what do you think that's going to, like, you, you know, you know, you're going to be able to maintain. Do you feel that a hundred percent? I feel that 99%. Um, I think that most of the confidence um, has come from time, but I'm finding it in myself. Mm. I'm really, um, which I've never had before. And so to me, that's amazing. Yeah. There's um, a couple comments here. Hello, all great conversation. I'm finding it's time that helps move through the mental stages, building that trust on many levels. But to your point, Deborah, it's so, so individual, right? It's mm -hmm. like really, I think that's what this is about. It is about if you're in maintenance now and you're listening to this, what, what is it for you? Maybe defining that just like how we define our why, why we're trying to lose weight. Maybe we have to define more our finally and forever, maybe, you know, and what is it? Here's another one. I haven't weighed myself since my last Gina chat in the live October, uh, 2023. It's been sort of amazing. Honestly, love this. Yeah. You mm -hmm. may decide like that gives you more, gives you more trust and confidence in yourself when you're not relying on the piece of metal that you're standing on every day to tell you what you need to do or where you're at or what's going on. Oh, yeah, we, we had a member comment too that um, even just on day one, I mean, we're only on day two, but even yesterday on day one, tucking their scale away, it was like they had this epiphany, like, oh my goodness, I really have to lean into my mindfulness, you know, because I don't have the scale telling me where I am. And I thought, yeah. isn't that one amazing step forward? You know, like we talk about mindfulness so much, but until you actually shake it up a little bit, you know, you don't realize how important that component can be. Yeah, I think that's a good segue into your next topic, being on autopilot. 
Yeah, exactly. You can't do an autopilot. <laughs> no. And, you know, we were, it's funny because Kim and I were talking and she said, you know, sometimes being an autopilot is, it's just survival mode, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, sometimes autopilot is the safe space to land when you just yeah. are overwhelmed and can't get to it. But we asked that question two weeks ago, you know, what does um, mindfulness and maintenance mean? You know, rhetorically, we asked the question, and a few members came back in the group and they said, you know, it really is coming off of autopilot because you're going through the motions. You're just eating the food plan just because, you know, you know, it worked. It's comfortable. I'm just going to do it. It's easy. I'm yeah. forcing the same amount of water, you know, not because it's what my body needs. So do we get to this place where we're on autopilot now where we're not necessarily honoring what our body needs, but we're just going through the motions? And does that create a bit of conflict, internal conflict? Autopilot, or is it not willing to let go of the routine? Like, is it lack of trusting yourself? Or is it, do you know what I mean? Like, or is it like, this is what I did, so this is what I need to do. I, I know when I work with personal clients, I'll see someone two years later, you'd be so proud of me, I'm still following the food plan. I'm like, what, what why? You, well, you shouldn't be following a food plan. Like, okay, I love that you've been maintaining your weight, but it's not because you're following the food plan every day. It's, you know, it's because of how you lost your weight in the first place. So what, what's the different, what's, what's the definition of autopilot then with this? What would that, what would that be? What would, what would that be? I feel like with weight loss, a lot of it is that whole that Deborah said, and we have a few members that have come on that said they were type A, they did all the things and they put their trust in you, in our team and in the program when they lost the weight. And that's still not trusting themselves. And the big jump with maintenance is that you then have to shift that trust over to trusting your body and trusting yourself that you trusting what you've learned from the program, trusting yeah. what you've taken out of it. I think that's a big part with the autopilot is it was just the trust was almost misplaced. You did the work while you were losing weight. You did all of that. So you can yeah. trust yourself, but they are still trying to let go of that feeling of they trusted you in the program versus trusting themselves to get them there. Yeah. Like what does autopilot mean to me? That's like, you're doing, you're following the guidelines and the rules and not really being internal in tune with like, you know, you're just going to be like, Hey, today Chuck did this check rather than actually, mm -hmm. okay, what am I actually hungry right now? Do I need this? What am I mm -hmm. hungry for? You know, and, and picking up on those types of things. What about you, Deborah? And did you fall into autopilot or do you feel like you're a type? totally fell into autopilot totally it was um and you know sometimes i think we need autopilot you know if there's other stuff going on in our lives and uh so uh, you know i find that helpful for me um to help with stress relief and things like that but other times you know like i want to um, continue to be more mindful and i'm still working on the mindfulness as well, uh, so that I get to my finally and forever hmm. and out of autopilot. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And I, I wonder if autopilot's also this place where you don't have to deal with feelings that come up or emotions that come up or the mindfulness. Like if you're just going through the motions, you know, it's yes, it's a routine. You don't want to let go of it. But if you're also just an autopilot, you don't have to think about those other things that are coming up. You don't have to think about insecurities that might be presenting themselves or feelings that might be presenting themselves because you're just going to do what you need to do and not worry about those other things. So yeah. maybe that's where. Which to Deborah's point, sometimes that's a good thing, right? Yes, because of course. It allows yeah. you to get the stuff done that you need to get done. And then maybe this is why doing something like the No Way Three Day Challenge shakes that up. <laughs> yes. Well, you're yeah. working it. Yeah. People are feeling stuck for yes. sure. There's a comment from a member here. Autopilot is the disconnect between the body, emotions, and brain. And mm-hmm. it is. It is definitely a form of disconnecting. Like, I don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. It's coming automatically if I follow the steps. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking here, like, mindfulness, there's thousands of books and, you know, motivational speakers that talk about mindfulness when it's not associated to weight loss. Or maintenance. Main, mindfulness is being mindful just every day, you know, about being aware and being in tune and all of those things. And I think, I don't know, I think it's great the way we connect it with weight loss and great the way that we connect it with maintenance. But beyond that, I think it just becomes who you are. You know, like it's it's not just a weight loss maintenance thing. Mindfulness has to be all day, every, I have to be mindful and aware of my emotions and how I'm showing up for myself. And, you know, even though I don't need to lose weight and I'm not focused specifically on maintaining my weight, I'm just living my life. I think, I think maybe it's just like a, how people are just an autopilot in their lives. Maybe Mm -hmm. is there, would it be a habit to be on autopilot? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. I'd have to think about that because, um, uh, you know, I I don't know whether I would be able to describe it as a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but I I do think a bigger pardon coping autopilots may be a coping thing. Maybe I think so. Like, well, for me anyway, it's more of a coping mechanism than anything else. I think autopilot can be a good, habit too though there's people that are on autopilot with good habits like i automatically do this i fall like this is my routine and that it could be a really great habit 
but they're still mm-hmm. not being in tune with what they need. So maybe like I think of when people are not wanting to follow the sickness protocol because they're used to just pushing through. I'm still going to work out because I work out every Tuesday and it doesn't matter that yeah. I'm sick. It's my workout day. So I think mm-hmm. autopilot can be, um, you know, there are really good habits that can be autopilot for you that you don't necessarily want to let go of. And while they're good, they can still not be mindful if you're not listening to your body all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the only way I can relate that is, um, uh, you know, I've been a nurse for 35 years and basically for 32 of those years, I made a salad every day for my shift. And, um, and so then when I retired, I thought, wait a minute, I'm missing something. I had to go back to having the salad because it was autopilot. I didn't have to think about it. And then I realized I missed it. I missed the salad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still like being retired, but miss the salad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that it's the two things. Autopilot works in some cases, but then if you're just going through the motion, maybe the issue is going through the motions and expecting a different result. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, like it's good to because you want routine is not the same as autopilot. I think, and while right. maybe it's while you're actively looking to maintain your weight, the work, there's still work. It's not time to go into autopilot yet. It's still, it's still doing the work and then going that extra mile. It's not coasting. It's really actively active maintenance where you really try to be in tune with how much water you need to drink, how many eggs you need that day, as opposed to cracking three eggs every day and then sitting there and being like, Oh, I'm not even hungry for these. Like I, I do that sometimes too. I'm like, why did I crack three. I, who, who do I think I am today? And then other days I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't just crack one, but even though I'm, you know what I mean? Like maybe that's, uh, this is it. It's interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that when we put it up in the group too, we had a few people say, Oh, I didn't recognize that this is where I, mm-hmm. what I was doing. But when you change one thing, you're like, you know, they notice that, you know, it's, there's a bit of a ripple effect. Like, oh, I changed one thing. Oh, it's making me think about this or it's making me yeah. think about that or I'm doing this a little differently. So it's also just bringing back a little bit of that self-awareness, you know, and just kind of getting, shaking things up a bit. Yeah. The takeaway I think for this is like, are you just in that routine and just doing the same thing day in, day out? Or are you really going to the next level and trying to be as in tune as possible and really tune into your body's needs and changing hunger levels every day and, you know, yeah, there's packing a salad and being prepared, but like, is it, are you eating that salad three days in a row and feeling unsatisfied with it and then not making it change to it, you know, maybe. Mm. Right. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. interesting. I'm glad we talked about it. We had a few people that were a few members that were like, topics. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So I want to circle back to the, you know, the very top we were talking about insecurities and, um, you know, insecurities especially after weight loss. And, you know, where, where does this come from? Is it coming from like our past experiences, maybe our past trauma, like, you know, Deborah was saying, you know, in weight loss, like I didn't feel insecure during weight loss because I knew it was going to work because we've done it before. You know, we've lost weight before. Of course it's going to work. You follow a program, it's going to work. But then afterwards, that's where the insecurity comes up. You know, did I, did I really do that? Can I keep going? Can I maintain it? So I really wanted to, you know, chat, like what, in, what insecurities did come up? What did, what were you feeling insecure about? Mostly that I wasn't going to be able to maintain my weight loss because every other diet I've ever done, 
I lost the weight, no problem. That's the easy part for me because uh, I'm a good rule follower. But then um, being in maintenance um, or even getting going towards maintenance was how am I going to be able to um, maintain my weight because I've never done it before. Um, and yet now I look back and I think, well, it's been a year <laughs> and I've done it. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that, um, you know, I might have to change my the way I'm thinking about it. But that was the biggest insecurity for me, for sure. Yeah. And it was based on history. Based on history. And mm -hmm. so, but what part of it, was it lack of structure? Was it just like, just because, I, well, the, I mean, it's hard to have this conversation because when you do those types of diet, starving, depriving, it's like, it comes on uncontrollably. The weight just packs on, even if you eat healthy and you're not, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it does feel like it comes on uncontrollably. Um, but I'm wondering, how did you find that the lack, being an A-type person in following the program to lose, how did you find the lack of structure when it came to maintenance? Or you did repeating the program. So you probably found that was really helpful. I did repeating the program. And then I basically have done personalizing the plan since then. So, um, but... Um, I've been working on uh, spending most of my time being working on mindfulness for the last several months and yeah. uh, uh, not always successful, <laughs> but I am working on it. I'm going to keep going forward. <laughs> and what, what did you mean by shifting your like shifting your like your thought process on that? What do you think you need to do there? I, I'm not really sure. Like I don't. I don't like feeling that feeling that I'm not going to be able to maintain the weight loss. Um, mm. it, it's a, it's, and so I'm not really sure how to shift my, how to shift that around so that I um, feel more comfortable saying, no, no, it's okay. Uh, I'll be fine. Um, mm. Even though I, even though I think that that's what's going to happen, I haven't sort of turned that corner yet. I don't know what the difference would be to, or what I would have to do to do that at this point. I, I, I was so going to say, like, how, how, like, how do we, when those secure insecurities come up, Deborah, how do you keep that from um, sabotaging yourself? You know, like we talk about, you know, like you, like you have this insecurity comes up, like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. So why am I even bothering? Like you are clearly doing it. You're yeah, doing it. That's what I mean. Like you have obviously you've been doing it even, you know, with those thoughts. So was there something that like, are you, are you digging into something different? Are you just, when those thoughts come up, like, are you saying something to yourself? So I, I don't think that I've ever said why bother. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and the, the insecure feelings of not being able to maintain my weight aren't constant. Um, but I think maybe that autopilot has a lot to do with that. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I always eat when I'm hungry now, uh, and I make sure that I eat regularly. So, you know, I think all of those things that I've been working on as far as mindfulness and building on, um, will help to turn that corner, but it just hasn't happened yet. 
Yeah, because one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, like when's when is it going to be enough? When are you going to be like, okay, I'm living my life. And but maybe that's that again, it's that feeling like you're recognizing you still have that chatter going on your brain, you still maybe don't trust. So there are some things that you still need to work through in order to really get to that place where you're like, okay, you know, I, I do think I'm, I'm ready. It's just, it's so weird because it's like, if just, it, it's like you have different seasons in your life that might be more stressful. So that's where you have to step up and then know what you need and then situational change that can happen. And you know, like really be in tune to that. So it's not like you just like you hit one number and you get get to move on and you're done, you're done, right? Like it's, mm. it's like one of those, like I'm trying to wish I could package that I've been maintaining my weight for 30 years and how much I don't think about it. But there are definitely other seasons like right now where my hormones are changing, my stress is changing and it's affecting me where I need to actually be mindful about it. I need to think about it for the first time in like 30 years. And there was one other time, I think when Tony and I got engaged and I was just so I was like, fuck it, I'm just so happy. And I was eating all the things and partying and drinking all the time. My weight kept going up, but I didn't care because I felt really good at that weight. It felt great. And then I got on the scale one day and I, my clothes stopped fitting. I was like, whoa, shit, I need to do something about it. And of course I did. And it was fine. But like, maybe that's it. There's no definitive hit this number and then you get to be done. So there's a lot of working through a lot of those things to make you feel calm and confident about your ability to, I hate to say manage your weight, but manage your weight moving forward. Is that a thing? Managing your weight? I mean, do I like that? Do we like that term or not? I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A little bit like work and managing. Let's never yeah. say that again, man. Right? Yeah. Never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Manage has right. this like, you know, when you're a manager, <laughs> you, you know, you have to manage. It's like yeah. you're trying to keep all your ducks in a row. And that's not what we want to think that's about. That's not what right? we want. It's almost an awareness versus managing it. It's bringing awareness. And I think it's a big thing. Like we, I always think back on track. It's like, I can't wait till the weight loss group. We get to back on track because there's so many people that, you know, you just want to say that term to it, but it's awareness of when you actually need to put some focus and energy on maintaining your health and wellness. So like you said, you went, you partied, you drank, you ate out, you did all the things, you had fun. And then you were like, whoa, okay, I need to zone in on what my body needs right now in order to be where I want it to be and feel how I want it to feel. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Because it's not, you're not managing your weight, you're managing your wellness. So I think because it's tied into weight, right? Like Deborah, you're making choices, all of a sudden you don't feel so great. It's not about your weight. That's why I was like, I was making choices when I was like celebrating being with Tony and engaged, but I felt great. And it wasn't really until my clothes stopped fitting that I was like, oh, well, I don't want to go buy new clothes. So maybe let me. So it wasn't even that I wasn't feeling good, but it's that tying in your everyday health and wellness and the things that you would need to do anyway and not have it be associated with weight and weight gain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I just had a thought here, like when we talk about managing, right, we're talking about like having all these things where they need to be and really focusing on them. But maybe it's more of like an alignment. So we're not managing things. We're just kind of making everything align. So we so we are where we want to be. So our wellness is where where we want it to be. So the way we feel is where we want to be. So we're not necessarily following this like, 
you know, management protocol, but we're just aligning things with where they need to be. I think it's not all the things too, because sometimes it's sleep that you need. Sometimes it's reining in the junk food or the eating late at night that you need to do. Sometimes it's water. It's yeah. Sometimes it's stress. So it might be alignment is a great way to put it because it is, it's aligning all the things. And just like your hormones, everything's going to be fluctuating and balancing Mm -hmm. and there's going to be sort of offsets and checks and balances. And it's maybe an awareness of when everything is in alignment, whether that's a straight line or a curvy line and knowing what you need at that moment to take care of yourself and to feel your best. I can't. Mm-hmm. I love these conversations. There's always just when you think like, what are you going to talk about? There's just like so much more to talk about. Oh my Every God. week I hesitate with topics because I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. Um, let me read this comment. Deborah, such a great conversation. What it, What is different for me is that I've always had success with losing, but not maintaining ever. With WLBG, we have the tools to maintain what? Yes, it took so much time to trust myself and believe that I truly can and am maintaining. That's what it takes. Yeah, it's trusting. Just, I guess it's mm-hmm. that belief, right? When you've lost and you gained it all back so many times, you don't really truly believe it's possible even when you've done it a different way and you have all these tools and you're doing those things. So time will tell, hopefully for Deborah, you're a year in already. <laughs> we'll follow up in five years and see how... <laughs> how do you feel but clearly it's just it is so individual and it's just it's so much more complicated than reaching that goal number and staying there i think is the big takeaway for today Mm -hmm. well i love the whole aligning conversation i still haven't really bought any new clothes (laughs) Mm -hmm. go buy yourself some new clothes deborah yeah well on that note we actually have next week i'm going to jump ahead to next week now we have um tanya from um yaya coming on on monday and she's going to be talking exactly that like you know she's a libby loser she's lost a ton of weight as well and she's had to work through she works in in the fashion industry she's had to work through you know um body image insecurities you know, getting used to what her body looks like now and feeling comfortable dressing this new body, not just while yeah. it was changing, but now at the end. So that's a whole thing too. You can't just buy new clothes. Yeah. You have to have deal with all the feels about it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. So you got to watch now. She's coming next week. So that's it. End of conversation. We talked about next week already. <laughs> I love it. Um, Well, thanks for everyone who is uh, listening and joining in with their comments. And of course, uh, Odette and Kim and Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Great. We'll see you again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.